Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny B. Today I'm interviewing authors for the Writers Unleashed Sutherland Shire Writers Festival, and it's such a privilege to be podcasting for this wonderful festival. And a huge shout out to our organizer extraordinaire, Janupa McKenzie, for making this happen. I am absolutely excited and privileged to be able to speak to Auntie Barbara Nicholson, a Wadi Wadi elder from the Illawarra who holds a degree in English literature and an honorary doctorate of laws. She initiated the Black Wallaby Project, which has collected and published writing from first Australian inmates in Junee Jail for the last nine years. Dreaming Inside, Voices from Junee Correctional Centre, Volume 9 is a unique collection of the authentic voices of its contributors, which just sounds absolutely amazing. Also on board is Simon Luckhurst. Simon has had plays broadcast on Radio National and performed in Sydney and Melbourne. His work as a journalist has been published in the National Press. He has had two novels published as well as the non-fiction Eddie's Country described by John Pilger as one of the most authentic Australian books of his lifetime, which is very impressive. And he is currently the coordinator of the Black Wallaby Project. He also writes and produces for the Ear Movies podcast. Fellow podcaster, I love fellow podcasters. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> and welcome, Auntie Barbara, to you. This has been uh, a wonderful pivot, I guess, online. Um, it's, a, it's a very big shame that we can't all be together in person, but we're all doing our best. Now, can I ask you, what do you like about being part of writers' festivals? Auntie Barbara, can I throw to you first? I think it's the reach. I'm very much, a, I think, a people person. And and I love networking with people. Mm, yeah. So huge following. Uh, you know, I think I've got about three hundred addresses in my phone. You know, so uh, that might say it all. But it's it, it's being able to hear and mix with people, other writers and hear uh, what they're doing, and that's always exciting. Mm. Uh, but also new trends in the way literature goes uh the the journey of literature generally i think is is really something that um uh, i've i'm very interested in you know i can see shifts in uh, a lot of uh things you know uh, it, it came as a shock to me to realise once upon a, a few years back that there was a genre called magical realism mm. and i thought well you know, and um, yeah, so all of these things pop up, and there's a new definition put on uh, a particular style or something. I think that's lovely. Yeah. Mm, absolutely, and yeah. connecting I with mean, lo- just meeting with all the people. I mean, that's that's the lovely part. Yeah, absolutely. People, that's that's really exciting. Yeah. Like-minded people too. Not everyone in your life likes to talk about literature and books all the time, so it's nice coming together with like-minded people. Oh, I know. Tell me about it. It's a really good opportunity sorry, to... Uh, no, no, it's a really good opportunity to, to meet people, to hear what other people are doing and eat too much soft cheese and drink red wine. Oh, sounds perfect, actually. Right. <laughs> sounds perfect. To, to, to eat soft cheese and drink red wine. Oh, the, yeah, so, I mean, you don't drink. What are you oh, rabbiting on about? That's, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds great. I don't oh, drink well, either, actually. <laughs> but I'm definitely into the soft cheese. Definitely into the soft <laughs> cheese. <laughs> now, 
Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Can you explain the Black Wallaby Project to our listeners? It's absolutely fascinating and wonderful what you're doing. Can you give us a bit of an explanation as to what that project is about? On how it come about. Uh, what, what it is about uh, is uh, facilitating creative writing workshops with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander inmates only in June Correctional Centre. There's enough work there to keep us busy. We, you know, to, uh, I won't go into uh, why it isn't in other jails. But um, uh, we're, we're actually preparing for Volume 10. So, so far we've got nine volumes of their work. They, that's a book a year for the last nine years. And uh, so what we do is uh, facilitate these creative writing workshops with uh, the inmates, the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander inmates, and uh, then publish their work in a book called Dreaming Inside, which I should have had a copy up here to show you. You might have one sign. Oh, we're not being visual, are we? No, this it doesn't bit, matter. Uh, it's audio, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, so the books are called Dreaming Inside, Voices from Juno Correctional Centre. Uh, and it, it's amazing because I think the, the collected work in, in each of the books uh, displays the voices, the real voices, the voices that come and tell the stories that aren't heard anywhere else in any other forum. Or like they're not... The, these books and this project provides a forum for the inmates to have those formerly silenced voices unsilenced. So, uh, and they can speak with utter honesty and clarity. Uh, what they talk about is they're after things, all the things that most authors talk about um, family, love. Uh, uh, honour, connections. Uh, they talk about all of those. They talk about their spirituality. They talk about their connectedness to culture, land, culture, kinship, and so on. Uh, and they talk about all the things that are never heard in a courtroom uh, and sadly the things that ought to be heard in a courtroom. Um, yeah, you have legs that have had horrendous lives. Mm. There's no account taken in the court procedures of how that horrendous life has shaped and formed that person and made that person do what they, are, they have done uh, or not, as the case may be, because a lot of them have... Uh, yeah, look, everyone in there is saying, oh, no, I'm innocent. But, uh, that's an old cliche. But, but some are. Mm. Some are. Uh, and, and some have talked about the fact that they have been wrongly convicted. So, and wrongly convicted because there's these stories that they put into these books are not heard in the court. So, Okay, that's really broad and deep, but it, it didn't start off like that. It started off with just a, the whole project started off because I'd had an opportunity to go to Junie Jail in Madoff Week 10 years ago to 
um, conduct a series of creative writing workshops and getting the inmates writing on that occasion, that was the very first time, and getting them writing was like extracting impacted molars, you know. <laughs> but uh, we managed to get some work from We published a publication and called it Dreaming Inside. We put their uh, copies of their artwork on the cover and uh, we had about 38 pages, I think, and half a dozen or so inmate uh, contributors to that. Uh, myself, Simon, was on that particular trip, as it happened, and two other people. We had uh, John Lockburg and Bruce Pascoe on the... Wow. And... Um, and between between the four of us, we managed. We 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 all wrote something as well to put in the book so that we could get a little publication together. Mm. And that was primarily to give the boys back something for their effort. Otherwise, you're just going in there being a do-gooder, and that doesn't sit well with me. Uh, didn't have any idea that it was going to be any more than that one-off. Uh, when it came to getting the, uh, the getting it, the stuff printed, and because we were associated with the South Coast Writers Centre and Ricky uh, Krishnabarkadi Vasilakis was the director of the centre at the time, and we were sitting there, we managed to shape it into some sort of a, a publishable look. And she was about to hit the button, send, to send it off to the printer, and I said, no, stop. Put volume one on that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, and so we did and then sent it off. It was, I have to tell you, that was very much an afterthought and just one of those wild things that comes into your mind, you know. Um, but every author knows about wild things. So... Um, <clears throat> I love that because you must have seen and you must have experienced something that you knew deep inside yourself, even not consciously, that this was special and you were probably going to do it again, maybe not nine more times. <laughs> so now, yeah, so that started off, as I said, half a dozen or so in my contributors in the pages and now 250, 260, 270 pages and 80, 90-odd inmate contributors with each volume. Wow. So it, it became a, uh, its own organism. That, uh, But this, okay, on the outside, we drive it. I, well, I drive it and Simon now is helping me to drive it and he does, I, I've delegated, you know, lots of the work. He's very so. good at delegation. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, um, uh, but the main drivers for it are the inmate writers themselves. Mm. It's their enthusiasm for it. Like we got volume nine out and we didn't even get to the jails to do workshops last year. The boys wanted the book, so they wrote. And wow. And up to us. That, and, that's amazing. And how many did we have in that volume nine, Simon, about... Uh, it was it was the second largest, I think, wasn't it? Um, after volume oh, well, I think five. we had about yeah. eighty something control, eighty something contributors, Some, something like that. And I think it was sixty-eight pages. Yeah, it was a real testament to the project that the inmates yeah, exactly. drove it themselves, and so, we thought so, we were thinking, well, we won't get a book out this year, but we had 
um, yeah, as lots of lots of, write, of writers writing a, a, as usual about a range of subjects from poetry to life stories to philosophy to everything in between. Um, and and illustrations as well, some fantastic illustrations. So oh, good in fact, we decided to, to go for colour printing in volume nine and, and uh, so that people could share the um, the excitement of those drawings. Mm, that's very yeah. inspiring, really is. Yeah, I know, but I do have to say, like as far as I'm concerned, the inmates writers are the drivers, we're the yeah who do everything to get it into a book <laughs> available, you know, where they're slaves. <laughs> but how amazing that journey from, you know, trying, like you said, you, you explained it like a dentistry, trying to get, you know, work out of them to then them driving it themselves because they're obviously, they're wanting their voices to be heard. Their voices haven't probably been heard as much before. Like it's a really special project. Simon, tell me about your part and your role in this project. Um, as Anibab said, I was very fortunate that I was along on the first trip. It's been the, the project, as she also said, has been running for nine years now. Um, and I've visited the jail, I think, four times. It's quite daunting, obviously, to go inside a jail yeah. and to go and interact with inmates. Um, there's no bars or walls or anything between us. It's us all sitting in a room together. Um, I think what I see, though, is their appreciation, particularly for Auntie Barb and uh, the other elders who come in and they want to uh, honour that relationship that, that they have. Um, and so for me, it's a great opportunity to, to support that, um, as I said, initially by going into the jail and, and you know, assisting in the facilitation of collecting writing, but now in the coordination of the project. So, you know, you know doing the bookings, organising the launch, uh, organising the visit, liaising with the jail, um, all that kind of stuff. So it's a, it's a coordination role. Um, I lay out the book as well, um, organise publication of that. So it's uh, multifaceted, um, but it's just such an important and um, great project to be part of. Yeah, absolutely. I'm fascinated um, hearing about it from you both and the passion that you both have for it and the importance of it. I want to ask you, though, um, you know, what have you learnt from the inmates in the last nine, ten years going in and speaking to them and getting their stories? What have you learnt from these people? I, I, I have learnt, I guess the importance of listening is one thing, uh, that everyone has a story to tell. I mean, I kind of knew that already, but it's really interesting when you start in being in that situation because we're not there to, to tell people anything. We're not there to tell them what to do. We don't even, if they don't want it, we don't correct their grammar or anything like that. These okay. their words. It's uh, their words have the power that they have. So they're put, the way they're put down on paper is pretty much the way they're in the book, unless they ask for editorial okay. support, spelling correction, things like that. So it's the importance of listening. I guess another thing I've learned is that while everyone has a story, unfortunately, many of the stories that those inmates share are very similar stories of being removed from their families when they were young, of being um, placed in sometimes multiple other families, of substance abuse, of, of getting involved with the criminal justice system, of, 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 of starting to go around that revolving door going in and out of institutions. And I guess, you know, I think it, it's a real lesson of the fact that if we could short circuit that whole process so that 
at some point before they got to the criminal justice system, they were offered support and offered the care and um, the other things that they need, then maybe we wouldn't need to put them in jail so often and maybe their lives could, you know, become a bit more rewarding and a bit more um, happy, not just for, for them, but for us as a society as well, because there's such a waste to see some of these yeah. people locked away. Absolutely. Do you think that's the next step? I think there's lots of talk about, um, uh, you know, early intervention and things like that. I think they need, you know, obviously to, to what they haven't got or haven't been able to do yet is cost everything. So once they work out that there's a real financial benefit, because everything ends up running on economics, that there's a real financial benefit to keeping people out of the jail system because it costs, I don't know, two to three hundred dollars a night to keep wow. one prisoner in jail. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a huge amount. Of yeah, but they defray that, Simon, with the fact that they're working jails and they produce stuff that they sell. So uh, and the inmates do the work. Um, I know there's some of those things, but Look, I'm sorry, I've interrupted you. No, no, that's a conversation. I'll just, I'll just finish briefly and then, then go to you. But I was just going to say that the, the benefit to our society for early intervention, we're, you know, in financial terms and in personal terms, I think is just huge. And once that gets worked out, then hopefully we'll see people supported and not get into the justice system in the first place and be able to uh, negotiate their lives in a more positive way. Is that what, is that what you think, mm. Oh, along those lines, but uh, I just want to backtrack a little to the, the way in which they write and why they write in that way. It's because they are in, while we are there with them, they are in a culturally safe environment. They can be themselves. They don't have to be this construct uh, that says um, keep the chains on, you know, uh, and because uh, they are totally unjudged, their work is totally unjudged, they are totally unjudged, and that makes up that culturally safe space for them. Now, emanating from that and the fact, you know, they can put pen to paper, as what I've recognised over the years, it is so therapeutic for them to be able to yeah. get those thoughts, get those words out on paper, get them into a format that they send home to their family. You know, look, oh, I put, we put uh, up to a dozen books every year into the, every new book, we put a dozen copies into the jail library and they have the, the librarian there, they've got a good library there, and the librarian has to photocopy them and put them into spiral-bound binders. So um, because the boys borrow the books but they don't come back, oh. doing and sending them home to their families, and we love that. We love that. Yeah. I mean, that, that's nothing new. I could name a hundred or more uh, white fellas who belong to libraries and have got half of Wollongong Library in their in their because <laughs> you know, they don't take the books back. Uh, and I see them always in the Salvation Army shops and so on. But uh, they send them home in the spiral bound uh, photocopied versions. They can't send that spiral bound in the post. Mm -hmm. So, oh. so that's how we keep the, the copies in the jail. 
in the library. But, but it's a nice story because there must be such a sense of pride in the accomplishment of what they've achieved. It's amazing. I just love this so much. Yeah, I know. It's, it, it's extremely therapeutic. Mm. Because what the, the other thing that I see that what comes out of it, what we do is that we are providing them with another tool to put in their skill set. Yeah. What with it is uh, up to them, of course. Yeah. We do provide them with that other tool. Mm-hmm. Some of them are, want to keep on writing. You know, we do ask them uh, if they'd like to keep on writing and, and some will. Some are really good writers, uh, not all. We used to get right from the very beginning, from the very first series of workshops, and, for, and we still get it. Oh, yeah, but I can't write, aunt. <laughs> Occasionally, that is the absolute truth. They haven't got the, they cannot physically mm. write. Mm-hmm. So in which case, we try to um, scribe their stories for them. Yep. Uh, I recall having one young fellow there, and, uh, he just could not write. And, and honestly, he only looked about 14, but he would have had to have been over 18 to be in a jail. But, um, and he physically could not write. And I said, oh, yeah, but you've got stories to tell. I happen to know his family wow. who brought him up. And I oh, realised <laughs> Anyway, Anyway, um, uh, and I knew the, one of his uncles had brought him up who was a deeply uh, spiritual man of very high integrity. And I know he brought this young fellow up and I said, now tell me what you saw about growing up with uncle so-and-so. And he started to talk and, and he was talking so fast, I couldn't write as fast as he was talking. <laughs> it was really amazing. Mm. Uh, but anyway, now we've got nine books that say they can write. Yeah, no. that's amazing. I, I I find it so inspiring and I love how you're giving people a voice and you're empowering them. And I really liked what you said about art being therapeutic because art is healing, you know, and I love that you've given them the space to be able to, um, obviously it's, you know, not fully heal, but start that healing process through art because I think we all find um, a bit of that in, in literature and art. So I think that's fascinating and really inspiring. Thank you so much for telling your story and for having this project. I can't wait to get my hands on volume 10 and I'm so glad you put volume one as a last little minute change on that first one. I think that's incredible. Yeah. incredible yeah. Yeah. <laughs> prophetic, I think. Yeah. I think so. I think I think you knew there was something special going on. Absolutely. I could honestly talk to you for another hour, but I'm sorry I have 20 minutes with you. Um, but I think what you're doing is amazing and I, I'm really looking forward to getting my hand um, on the latest volume and maybe a couple of the others too. So thank you so much for your time. Black Wallaby Project is incredible and I hope everyone um, gets their hands on it and listens to these amazing stories that need to be told and need to be out in the world. Yeah, well, thank you. Simon's got a website. That- uh, yeah, no, find it. Go, go to Facebook. You'll find Dreaming Inside there. You'll be able to find out more. Thanks Perfect. so much. I'll thanks go so straight much, there. Danny. Thank you so much. Okay, thanks a lot.
thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. We'd love to engage with you on social media. You can find the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Danny V Books Words and Nerds podcast. You can also subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Stay safe and read more books.